Just worship the Lord. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Let's bow our hearts before Him and pray that today we will not return the way that we have come in the name of Jesus. That this next session will minister unto us everything that represents a distraction. Let's put in subjection every fear, every hurt, every pain, every doubt, every anxiety. We bind with fetters of iron that cannot be broken and we cast to the dry places. The Bible says the Lord has not said to us to seek him in vain. Your coming here is not for nothing. It will not be an empty visit in the name of Jesus. And therefore while God has decided to visit, to touch lives, to heal, that you will not be left out in the name of Jesus. I want you to, to open your mouth and pray and say, Lord, don't leave me out. Pass me not to gentle take a prayer point because you have not felt anything don't say nothing happened in the service the songwriter said while or not that you are calling Lord don't leave me out I want you to open your mouth and say Lord visit me today touch me Lord don't let me live the way that I have come touch me Lord I am hurting like so many others Jehovah touch me Olua touch me Olua last week you taught us that God is not the author of suffering even though he chastises even though he trains us 
even though he wants to make us follow the right path but some of us are hurting we are hurting very badly i want you to open your mouth lord i will not live the way that i have come in the name of jesus touch me with your power touch me with your grace touch me by your spirit lord let the word hit me like a hammer and break every out of stone in the name of jesus I do not want to live the way I have come, Oluwa. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Please be seated. Welcome to the eighth month of the year and the family month by our tradition in the church. And the sessions for the family month started last Sunday, as we were told. If you were here last Sunday, please, can you raise your hand? Thank you very much. Uh, almost 70% of the congregation was here last month. And this month, we're focusing on trauma healing. And it started, the conversation started last Sunday with the topic, is God indifferent to human suffering? I wasn't here, but I was part of the service. I wasn't here physically. And a lot of questions were asked, which the chaplain answered. There was a documentary from the domestic violence, which resulted in low self-esteem due to psychological abuse, physical abuse for the victim, psychological abuse for the children. We heard about depression. We heard about suicide. We heard about family stigmatization, frequent suicidal thoughts. This month, today we are dealing with healing heart wounds. Next Sunday, by the grace of God, we will deal with domestic abuse. The Sunday after, we will deal with how to handle suicidal thoughts. When you think the economic problems and the political challenges and the subsidy remover is too much for one person to carry. And you start contemplating the wrong thing. The Lord will deliver all of us in the name of Jesus. And then it will be crowned on the family day with taking it to the cross. We will not miss any part of it in the name of Jesus. In the message last Sunday, the chaplain focused on how to deal with pain and suffering. And was emphatic that God is not the source or author of suffering. And there were questions that tried to reconcile to say, why did God allow this to happen or that to happen? The devil is the enemy that we have to fight. But as part of our training, and it is not for us to determine whether or not part of the training is too hard or too difficult. When you are a student in a school, you don't set the exams. The principal sets the exam. And if you reach the conclusion that it is too hard, and you decide to fail, then you don't qualify. You will not fail in the name of Jesus. We were reminded that suffering builds and matures us. It is part of our training. And when the disciples ambitiously asked Jesus, can we sit with you on the right side of God? He said, it's not for me to even give you that position. Say, but you will drink of the cup that I am drinking. Do you remember that? Say, we must drink of the cup. 
And there were many scriptures that were referred to. I do not want to go back to them. And we were told what to do to evaluate your situation. Is your suffering based on your disobedience or part of your training? Once you know that you have not opened the door to the devil, you just know that God is taking you through a trial of faith. And you come out safe and sound on the other side in the name of Jesus. While going through those challenges, forgive every grudge, take practical measures for your own physical and emotional safety. And to crown it all, we read from the book of Isaiah that the plan of God is to make everything what? New. Say, behold, I do what? I can't hear you. You raised your hand that you were in church last Sunday. Say, behold, I do a new. Say, forget the things, forget the pain, forget the past and all that. But some of the injuries are still festering. Some are healing and not healing quickly enough. And so today, we have one of us, a sister, who quite a number of you will know, to share with us. I would also take questions as well. Sister Bukola Iguno, who is going to be leading the conversation, is a cross-cultural missionary with Capro. Many of us here know Capro, the Calvary Ministries. She has served as a missionary in West and North Africa. But much more importantly, she is a certified trauma counselor and faith-based counselor, certified by the International Institute of Faith-Based Counselors and also uh, the Trauma Healing Institute. She's very passionate about seeing people heal psychologically and spiritually so that they can maximize their productive lives. She serves presently in our youth and teenagers ministry. So those who are part of the youth and teenagers ministry know her very well. Before I invite her to take the microphone, following from last Sunday's message and the fact that people are hurting, if there's something that is making you hurt, to heal, you have to give up whatever is causing the sickness in the first place. And there's a popular saying that time heals every wound. But the question is, does time heal every wound? If time were the healer of every wound, it would mean that the things that hurt us, they are finite. They are measurable. You can almost touch them, maybe almost physical. But the things that hurt us are not finite. That's why people carry childhood hurts to adulthood, sometimes to grandparenthood, without letting go. So you need an infinite God to help you to deal with infinite hurt. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, join me in welcoming Sister Bokola Iguno to take the floor. She will minister for 25 minutes, and thereafter we will take Q&A in our usual tradition. God bless you, madam. Good morning, church, and good morning, family. I like to relate with church as family. I love that word, family, because it means so much. This is not um, Zenith Bank. This is family. Praise the Lord. 
And we're trusting God that this morning, God is going to reach out to each one of us. I want to first of all thank the chaplaincy for this um, great honor he, they've accorded me to stand here to minister. We're usually with our teenagers and uh, we enjoy, uh, I enjoy ourselves. But this morning, I believe God is set to reach out to you. And I hope you are in church with your heart. Praise the Lord. We want to look at a very sensitive topic this morning, which we have as healing heart wounds. And I would add a prerequisite for healthy families. Healing heart wounds, a prerequisite for healthy families. Our objectives this morning include to understand briefly the concept of heart wounds, what causes them also. We want to look at behaviors, identify behaviors that may indicate that there is a heart wound. So you have come to a personal consultation with a great physician. Hmm? We want to understand the effects of heart wound on the family and we want to establish the need for healing. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2, says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. This was Isaiah speaking. And he highlighted a kind of job description of Jesus' mission on earth. One of the key aspects of that mission is to heal the brokenhearted. It's, it's, it's singled out. It's not just that Jesus came to heal people. Yes, he raised the dead. He made the cripple walk. And several things opened the eyes of blind Bartimaeus. But there is an aspect of healing that is very, very dear to the heart of God. Broken hearts. So, this morning we want to um, just reflect on the issue of broken hearts with an understanding that when we talk of the word heart, we're talking of the mind. And the mind I want to define as a processing instrument for our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, whether positive or negative. Our heart is, is like the physical, biological heart. The mind is... It's, it's, a, it's a tangible element of our existence that God created us with, like he did the spirit, soul, and body. So this mind, this heart, this instrument can be damaged. 
can be what? It can be wounded the same way our physical heart can be damaged. And when the heart is damaged, is wounded, definitely several things happen. So when we talk of wound in the context of our, of our discussion this morning, like um, Professor Wanswen said, we're looking at it from the perspective of trauma. It's not just I scratched my, just my skin. We're talking of deep, painful injury inflicted on the heart. And usually, deep, before an injury can get to the heart, it will have caused damage along the way. Nobody keeps <laughs> an injury, and that's why we're talking about healing this morning. So we want to take a reading. We want to take a reading of a story, and I want us to follow very carefully. Three people are going to read for us. Mrs. Shongle. And as they read, I want those on my, on my right side to the choir, you are going to be finding out from that portion she is going to read, what has John lost? We're reading the story of John Mba. Those in the middle here, from the reading, they will be telling us what Mary has lost. And those to my extreme right there, they will be telling us what the older son has lost. Thank you. John Mba and his wife Mary lived in a small village in Bingola. They had two children living at home and one older son who was in the nearby town working as a teacher. One night, some rebel soldiers invaded the village and set fire to the houses. John, Mary, and their children ran out of their house as the roof caught fire. Two soldiers grabbed John, though Mary and the children managed to run away. As they ran, Mary looked behind and saw a soldier cutting off John's arm with a machete. Not long after, they heard some trucks arriving and the rebels quickly got into them and left the village. Mary ran back to John and was able to stop the bleeding from the stump of his arm. They went to the local hospital where the wound was treated and stitched. After a little while, John's wound healed. The rebels were chased out of the area and life came back to normal for most people. Damilola, you, you are reading for the people in the middle. Go on. John began to learn to farm with only one arm. Although he did his best, he was angry with everyone. He started beating his wife and children and quarreling with all the neighbors. John's friends never talked about his missing arm. They just pretended nothing had happened. For John, his whole life had changed and he could not pretend that nothing had happened. John believed that men shouldn't talk about their problems, and so he kept his feelings inside. 
Mary was not angry with people, but she felt very sad inside. She wasn't interested in eating very much and often wanted to die. Sometimes, when she was alone in the house, she became very frightened for no particular reason. Both she and John had trouble sleeping and often had nightmares. One day, she began to tell the pastor's wife how miserable and frightened she was, but the pastor's wife told her that Christians should not have those kind of feelings. This made her feel ashamed of her feelings, so she never talked to anyone else about how she felt. Shame. When their older son heard the news of the rebel attack, he was horrified. He had been a very good teacher up to this point, but now he started to lose interest in his job. At night, he drank a lot with his friends and was often late arriving at school in the morning. He often had headaches and stomach aches, but the clinic couldn't find anything wrong with him. All three of these people were Christians and went to church regularly. Every Sunday, the pastor told them what God wanted them to do, how they should give money, and how they should work on the pastor's farm. He noticed that some people pastor. in his church had changed their behavior for the worse since the troubles. And he thought the solution was to preach more about how God was angry with them for not to be his laws. Praise the Lord. Let's give them a God bless you and thank you so much for good reading. Um, we want to take a feedback from this from my right. What has John lost? Very quickly, can we have one person? Yes, ma. Bring microphones around. If somebody doesn't raise hand, I will call somebody. John didn't only lose his hand, his arm. He more or less lost his life. Okay, he lost his life. We can still give her. What did John lose? Very quickly. Good morning, church. John lost his arm, he lost his house, lost his peace, and lost his good relationship with his wife and son. Thank you very much. The next person. What did Mary lose? Mary is the wife. We're talking of the effect of trauma in the family, a prerequisite for healthy families. Yes, who is? Any volunteer? Otherwise, I will call somebody. All right, Brother Frank, you just saved this whole group. <laughs> well, Mary, Mary became frightened, so she also became ashamed, frustrated, lost interest in life, almost became suicidal, and she also became very angry, so she lost her. Thank He's you. Angry. Thank you very much. You want to take one more? One maybe, more maybe a woman. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mary, she lose focus. She couldn't concentrate any longer. Thank you. Thank you. 
What did the older son lose? Volunteers. All right. Thank you. Give the microphone to the young lady. He lose focus. John lose focus. Not John, the older son. The older son, the older son of John and Mary. He lose focus about his future. Focus. What? Mrs. Odukoya. The elder son lost um, his faith because he was drinking. He was no more going to church. They can't hear you. They, Use my microphone. The older son lost his, um, his faith. Okay. He was no more going to church. He was drinking. And I'm sure he will lose his job the way he's going about Ultimately. it. Ultimately, <laughs> that's true. Thank you. Yes, who remembered something else that... Any other hand on what the oldest son lost? Okay, the person in the glasses can't see well. He had a wounded heart. He lost his heart, actually. And he lost hope. And so many other things followed after that were not palatable. So those are effects of the impact. And there are so many other things that were lost by different members of the family by one traumatic event. And we can see how each one responded differently. So heart wounds, what are heart wounds really? There is a state of feeling overwhelmed with intense grief after a crisis, a trauma experience. Helplessness, horror. Psalm 109 verse 22. This was the psalmist talking, expressing himself. He said, I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Now, what he's saying may not, be, may not tally with the physical, because this could be David speaking as king. What are you needing that you are poor? So it's a state of being overwhelmed. As we look at it, I don't know what your own state of heart is. What has caused you an injury? If we brought two people here, one with a, with a POP leg, with a crutch, the other one is dressed in, in a suit, and you were asked, which of these two people is wounded? Eh? Obviously, the one with the POP. But that other one that is walking up and down, those are the kind of ones that they will say, we don't know what happened, he just collapsed. A physical wound is visible, but a heart wound is invisible. But it is as tangible as a physical wound. 
because damage has occurred. And if it's not properly handled, it can lead to severe complications. Infections. It will show in the, in the relationship in the family, both the biological family and the spiritual family as a church. So when we talk of being a prerequisite for healthy families, we're talking of if there is a heart wound in one member, everybody, and scriptures made it clear, if one member suffers, what happens? That's why this topic this morning is very, very crucial, very, very, very critical for our lives. We need healthy homes. We need healthy church families. Trauma can be caused by various things. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. There are different things doing different things to our heart. Putting pressure on our heart. This one is not the high blood pressure type of pressure. It's the heart, is the pressure on that heart, your mind. It's causing destruction damage. In the verse 16 to 18, it, Paul was, God helped his heart to heal. And we need to know that if, we, if, if our hearts are not healing, if we are not receiving progressive healing to our hearts, we can't do what Paul did. We can't fulfill our, our calling. We can't play our roles rightly. It's just like asking someone with that POP leg to come and run in the Olympics. So relationships can induce trauma, which can be domestic violence, which can be um, sexual abuse, rape, which can be offenses just in the relating. And that one, we have it a lot in church, isn't it? We have, she didn't, he did, the way he did, and the person did not even know that he did something that has inflicted an injury. We have injuries from health. We have injuries that usually will change something in us. So how do people with wounded hearts, how do they behave? There are three main, main responses you would be able to look at and say, ah, this person has had a is having, and we're looking at it from our families. One, reliving the experience, talking about it. This person is always pointing to something. There's need to look at that thing. Avoiding reminders of the trauma. 
maybe you just discover that this person is so uneasy, is so, is so uncomfortable when he comes to a particular a, environment. Or you could have a, a child, when you say, go for your lesson now, he won't want to go. There's something about that event that he doesn't want to come. He's avoiding. The person will be on the alert. Extra sensitive. Someone who has had been involved in, in a motor accident will, will just be apprehensive to travel. You say, ah, oh yeah, now pack your things. The person is, there's something he's processing that you're not seeing. All these reactions are normal to people who have heart wounds. And this reaction may happen immediately or they may be delayed and start happening progressively a long time. That's why you have people who will have trauma as children. They get, enter into marriage and this husband is innocently wondering, what is the problem? The woman is so tense. So people react differently to trauma. We want to begin to round up as we just pick the story of Joseph and the effect of trauma in that family. Joseph was um, sold into slavery by his brothers. And that was what we saw during the reading. How many years was that? He was still weeping coming to terms with, these are the people that did this thing to me. Jacob, the father, in Genesis 37, okay, let's take Genesis 37, 34, and 35. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. This was when he was sold. It's like, he had lost something. When trauma occurs, there's a loss. Something is lost in the heart of that person. And he says, all his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him. Oh, it's okay, you know, but he refused to be comforted. Many people live for years. Jacob lived for how many years before he finally saw that ah, this Joseph was not actually dead. He was living with a wound. And he said, I will go down into the grave with my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And many people are weeping in their secret places over wounds. Caused by, by challenges of conception and different things. But when we allow healing to take place, it's a wonderful thing. We don't have to keep our wounds till we go down to the grave. We don't have to do what? Keep our heart wounds. Let's bring them out for healing. Let's bring them out for healing. And we bring them out for healing by doing what Chaplin raised last week. Be willing to talk about it. Because when, there, when healing takes place, potentials that were suppressed come out. That was what happened to Joseph. 
He didn't die, die in depression. He still became the, the, prime, the prime, prime minister of Egypt. The story of um, the woman with the alabaster box, 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 jar of oil also makes us to know that when our hearts are healed, our potentials come out. That woman had, you had, you had, you had all the comments they were saying about her. She's a sinner. How can this, uh, they had no idea what she was going through and what Jesus had done to her that could make her to be weeping on his feet, using her hair to be cleaning it like a towel and pour that oil. In the, in the Matthew version of that story, which we're not going to read, the Bible says that wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, that there shall also this, that this woman had done be told for a memory. She could still have global impact because her heart was healed. Brethren, I want us to know this morning that no matter the fragments of brokenness that your heart has passed through, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And he is the great physician. He is able to make that heart that had been damaged, fragmented, shattered, he's able to make it whole again. Will you allow him? Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you just come and heal our hearts. Heal my heart, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and heal this wound in my heart. Great physician, heal me and make me whole. Heal my heart, heal this wound and make me whole. Heal my heart, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and heal this wound in my heart. Great physician, heal me and make me whole. Heal my heart, heal this wound and make me whole. That's our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name.